everybody. Welcome to another edition, the 25th episode of the AroundTable.ca podcast. I am your host, Corporate Gamer, otherwise known as Phil, and I'm joined by our regulars, Dino, Steven, and Gio, Johnny, Mr. Mesh, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> uh, hope that everybody's doing okay. Hope that you, ha- you guys had a wonderful Christmas, uh, New Year's, Valentine's Day, because um, we haven't really released anything since then. So hope you guys ever had a, a wonderful time. Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Fantastic. Great. Beautiful day in Montreal. Nice and sunny. Warm. Johnny, Johnny looks I'm, like he's constipated, I'm but I'm still okay. trying to burn the food that I ate for, for Christmas. So there you go. <laughs> so that's going to be till July. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then you'll be able, you'll be good for Canada Day yeah, yeah. in St. Jean. And then you'll be good for that. Well, then... that, that's beer season. There you go. It's not bad. It's a different kind of calories. Yeah, it's true. All right, so this week, our topic is Super Bowl halftime shows. Um, how did you guys like the Super Bowl halftime show this year? Well, I think this year it was uh, an, an average show. I think it was put together at the last minute. There was a lot of controversy about it. A lot of artists refused to play uh, the halftime show. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. I mean, it wasn't over the top, but it wasn't awful per se. I think they were pretty harsh. The harsh, uh, the the reviews they gave them, like really bomb reviews on them. What do you guys think? I think the same. A lot of things what you're saying is true. Do you agree with me? A big time, man. And the thing is, because there was pressure moon fights because they weren't supposed to have a concert because the controversy of the uh, of the NFL about the uh, Nick Napperkick, whatever that Kaepernick. is. Kaepernick. Thank you very much. Tabernacle. So, <laughs> so, so, so saying Maroon Five, you're not modern, you're not, a, you're not a modern type of group. You don't, you don't respect the people. And that. But overall, look, how, it was not bad. But what made it worse was the game. The game was so boring. When you see the halftime, you're, you're already, you're already low in energy. It's like you're like holy cow, because that, that was the most boring Super Bowl game I ever seen in my whole life. You know the. Yeah, it was, it was so uh, automatically, when you go to halftime, you're like, you're, you're, you're not hyped. Did you, uh, did you watch it, Steve? I watched a little bit of it. I thought it was boring, so I, I actually tuned out of it. I, I re-watched some of the halftime. Um, I, I thought I was watching some sort of audition for, you know, 281 in Montreal with Adam Levine taking off his clothes and oh. trying to be sexy, and for me, it just didn't work. Um, I thought, like I said, it was like watching like Chippendale <laughs> dancers gone wrong, and um, I was not impressed. I think yeah. I think because the the um, because it was so last minute, they tried to do something big. I mean, Adam Levine in general is not horrible. I'm not a big huge fan of him, um, even of Maroon Five. I think they're just bubblegum pop. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Borderline rock, I guess. Social rock, you'd say. Yeah, it's poppy rock, I guess. Yeah. But they, I, I never found him to be like we've we've been. Well, we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, but um, we've. There's been Super Bowls where we've been spoiled yeah, with big shows sure. and stuff like that. And this one was average at best. And it was, it didn't it didn't really do the Super Bowl name justice. But at the same time, the hype train for the Super Bowl halftime is always so high that anybody that doesn't doesn't reach actually caliber, reach yeah. the, exactly it's 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 mediocre, right? I um, find because what he was he was talking about it. I don't know. Uh, you'll see this and this. I thought it would be something more dramatic. I thought he would come in and certain point everybody would kneel down. You yeah, know? but it's not. But it's not a Mar- Maroon Five or even Adam Levine. It, he's not a. Um, 
it's not like the caliber of uh, no, a Prince, for example, where he has a catalog of songs where it's epic, or a Kiss, or anybody like you know a, a retro, a big, yeah, a huge like a McCartney or exactly yeah, yeah. like he doesn't like it's Maroon Five. They're they're an, they're they're popular for the time. I'm pretty sure that if you listen in 20 years, oh, yeah. it, it's not going to hold up. It's going to be like 80s glam, not yeah, 80s glam rock. rock, but it's going to be like a, a product of its time. Yeah, correct, yeah. So for me, it, it, I'm not a big fan, so already it didn't do anything for me. Um, and it, it was, all right, to cut your shirt. We already had a, a boob yeah. <laughs> with the Janet Jackson I, I prefer Janet Jackson taking off her shirt to him, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's my thing, you know. All right, so I guess uh, the general uh, the general consensus is that uh, we weren't big fans of the Super Bowl. No, I, I, I didn't even. I had to watch it again on YouTube because I at the time I just didn't even get into it at the moment. Usually, like when it's halftime, you sit down, you yeah. move, you have your your beer or your coffee or whatever you're doing at that, and you watch it, and you're and you're stuck in the moment. This one was like I got up, I did other things, I looked, and I went. eh. Well, because like like maybe it's not because it's not my thing. I I don't mind Maroon Five, yeah, but they're not my. Also, the I, mix, I, so. I won't run out to to buy these guys at a store or or listen to them on spot. That's not my go to band. So already they he kind of lost me. I don't feel that connection to him. But then you know, then again, when I see him trying, to, I don't know if he's trying to act sexy. Keep I, I don't know what he was trying to do. Like I said, for me, it was like a Chippendale audition gone wrong. I I don't know. I want. I would have liked Chris Farley. Yes, be, with the Patrick Swayze. Yes, that I, I think that would have been more entertaining for me, and I may have been engaged into that program. But um, this one was kind of like, I understand maybe he was trying to strip it down to get to the root of it, which is supposed to be the songs. But for me, he doesn't have the songs. He doesn't have those epic songs like a McCartney or the Stones or Springsteen. You too. You name it. They have the catalog. This guy. I don't find, for me, does not have those epic tunes that I'm engaged with it. So you know what, he lost me. It's like, you know, sometimes when you hear the radio and the certain music, you have to put it loud. Yeah. Rule 5 for myself is kind of like, whatever the volume is, so be at that level or I might lower it. I'll listen to it, I'll endure it. Like Stephen says, right. I'm not a lot of my way in Biden, by that, that group. It doesn't, doesn't thrill me. You know, and there's, there's other groups that you hear a song like Lenny Kravis, Are You Coming My Way? Oh, but Mario, you, oh my God, you, you, you boost the volume, yeah. you know? And he doesn't have that for me, myself. Other people could say, nah, he's the greatest group, and they're right, their own way. Oh, obviously, I'm sure there's somebody out there that they consider Maroon 5 as a great yeah. group. Like, like any other group. Well, they're popular, popular, so they're, 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 they're people listening to them. But it just, it's not, at least the people in this room right now, it's yes. not our cup of tea. Like, we're not no, saying he's the, bad. He had, like, uh, their first album, I forgot, listen, I, I actually... Liked it. I heard, I listened to them. How and dare you? The first album, though, they were more rock. Though. Yeah, yeah, more rock. They, 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 they were more less poppy. They yeah. became poppy later on. Yeah. It was, I'm not saying it wasn't pop, yeah. but it was more. It was more like you heard guitars, you heard yeah. the bass, yeah. and then suddenly they went into this more dance pop R&B or whatever you want to call it, that fits mainstream radio now. Which fine, they had to adapt or get kicked out of the way. But for me, they kind of lost what I liked about them. You know, there there was a little bit of more of that guitar well during the, during that show the there's a two rap artist also that uh, yeah that uh did a couple of songs with him yeah and i, I don't know it's it's something about it it didn't really work like when you looked at it they, i don't know exactly. well, because you had to take, you had, you had to take whoever 
could have performed with him. A lot of people refused to perform. Yeah, that I know. I know. So what happens? What if he took? He he adapted as much as close as best as he can. Well, technically speaking, you had Sp- SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. As being part of the performers. Okay, that's who it was. Uh, you had also Travis Scott and Big Boy, which is fine. But again, Are those porn stars or rappers. Rappers. Okay. <laughs> um, but sorry. But From having the hood, you know what I'm saying. But but having said that, like. Maroon Five definitely was the headliner. Yeah, he yeah, was the headliner. Yeah, yeah. Nobody ever after this day will remember that Travis Scott and Big Boy was part of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. You know, like there's other Super Bowls where the other performers kind of, you know, the ones with Beyonce when she came on after a while, and then Bru- uh, the, Bruno Mars. Is it was Bruno Mars? Bruno Mars, and, and there was Bruno Mars. He did stuff with uh, Red, the Red Chili Peppers, which was good. Yeah. And then there was, which was an odd demographic, where they had Aerosmith, Britney Spears, and Insync. Yeah, I and, and Mary J. Blige. I I understand they're reaching all these demographics, but I think all at the same time, yeah. I think kind of takes away from everybody involved. Well, it sounds like you know, like um, they're not sure a DJ that can't read the room. Yeah. And he plays everything. Yeah. Where, playing it safe. You know, like playing to everyone in the crowd. Like, like, a yeah. wedding DJ. Because you have to kind of. The, the thing about the Super Bowl is you have such a limited amount of time to pump out yeah. a, a performance. Yeah. You got 15 minutes to... Uh, right? So if any of that... Like every minute counts and has to be of quality. Yeah. Um, even to a point, you know, I didn't mind the Katy Perry halftime show. It yeah. was entertaining yeah. for what it was. It was, a, it was more entertaining that... That I found than the Maroon Five one. True, yeah. Yeah. true. The Maroon Five one sound, sounded um, a little forced, like it was kind of I don't know. It, 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 it just didn't fit. Minute. Yeah, it Dino just said that before. It felt like it was put, a, yeah, put I, on last minute, I, and I think maybe maybe if he's in a couple of years, let him try it again. But r- tell him in advance. Give him like a couple of weeks notice. Don't you think maybe it's the reason he felt so much pressure that he didn't want to go out of his box and he played more safe. Because you're getting all these bad presses and all that. So now you're scared to be more gutsy or out of the box. But at the same time, he... Like, there's... Well, we're going to get into it in a few minutes. But the majority... If you looked at, like, let's say a Paul McCartney or a Prince or... Yeah, I was about to say. It, it, you, you, you ha- basically, it was a mini-cosm of their show. Yeah. Yeah. Take a Prince show. He did his two-hour show in Prince. 15 minutes. Yes. Right? 15 minutes. Paul McCartney, he took his three-hour show that he does, did it in 15 minutes. You know, like, he didn't, like, there was there was work involved to get it, like, yeah. to work, but it wasn't as hard to get through. It feels like they were trying to do something with this show, and it just, it fell flat. Yeah. It happens. It, it happens from year to year. There can be a bunch of circumstances that can happen that can lead to a halftime show not being great. It's just that, again, like I said at the beginning, the hype is so high some people don't give a shit about about the, sh- the the game. They just watch the halftime show and the commercials. That's yeah. all they're watching it for. Yeah. So if already you lost that demographic, you may not get that demographic back the next year. They may say, eh. if yeah. especially if it's a band that's half half, yeah. and the quality they know the quality is not too too. Or some people just you know, do instead of watching it live. Yeah, they're gonna, gonna watch gonna it waste my time. Yeah. They're gonna tape it or whatever, and it goes there. I ain't gonna take my chance no more. I'm not gonna waste my time no more. Well, now it's all available on YouTube, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Even the commercials, you could see the commercials even the day before. All right, I exactly. think we, I think we actually nailed this, this, 
topic to ha- the, uh, nail in the head. I think we've we've extended everything that we've talked we needed to talk about for this particular halftime show. So now we're going to delve into our favorite, our personal favorite halftime shows that either we've experienced or that we would have liked to experience. So okay. uh, we all have our top three. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I could, I could Dino, you can start. Well, first of all, <clears throat> by viewing all these halftime shows, there's two types of shows. You have the shows that are over the top. And you have the show that's like more like a, a mini concert that like you just mentioned mm-hmm. before. So looking at those two ways, you have Lady Gaga for me, Lady Gaga, Prince, Bruno Mars that gave a pretty good show, but it was over the top. And also, you can't forget Michael Jackson when he, he when he did the show it was the first show that started this big huge thing of halftime shows. So you have to mention Michael Jackson in there. And it was over the top. And at the time, if you think back at the time of my, of Michael Jackson, how popular he was, oh and God. it was an epic performance. Just the standing there in the middle of the of the on the billboard. On, well, on the you, you think on, it's him on a different billboard, yeah. and then he just stands there for I don't know how many minutes. Yeah, and he's just staring. It's like one of these epic performances that are out there. So for that type of show, like I just said. Lady Gaga, Michael Jackson, Prince, and Bruno Mars was really over the top. And then for the more concert type of thing, I would put the Rolling Stones and Paul McCartney. That's for me. But you're cheating. You have five. Well, I have honorable mentions as well. I was. Well, it's because I I divided them into two. Well, to me, the way you have to look at this, there's two ways of looking at it, right? Performance and visual. Yes. And I yeah. put them, and I, I go which one because sometimes the performance like I like Lenny, Lenny Kravitz I love the, I love the singing and everything but for a visual visual it lost it yeah so I put what 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 intrigued me both okay and for me for example number one, uh, given number one is Lady Gaga visual the music was oh. it was incredible then after was uh, Beyonce with Bruno Mars number mm-hmm. two number three I can't split I have to put two people Palmer Country and Prince they were because it was like the if you had a live concert, these two guys like wow. Yeah. You know, and, and think of a prince, purple rain, and it was rain. pouring rain. I know it was. And he had these high shoes. He had dancers with high heels, and they were still dancing like crazy. You know, like, and I'm like, okay, they're gonna fall. They're gonna. Next, I want them, and I bet you I think Prince would fall, and you go back up, and you'll be able to perform even better. Or you you making people think that he fell on purpose. Like that, that like. Now, I could change easily. If I could watch it again and again and again. Well, yeah. I go from, but these four, they're, I mean, now, you're right by Michael Jackson. He started the whole thing and everything. True. He opened the door. But these people after, oh, yeah. they slam dunked it after. Mm-hmm. Now, if Michael Jackson was alive, he would outperform his own performance. Like, me, that's what part when you say Michael Jackson, when he just stands in the middle of the line, ah, and just stands there. It's like, okay, seriously. Okay, we know it's you. Can you sing? To me, I was getting, I was getting nervous. I wanted to throw something on the TV. Well, it's all about this type pissed. of show. It's excuse me. How sexy do you think you are? Because right now, if I go in the, in the mirror and look at myself in the mirror, I'm more sexy than you are. And I'm going, hey, <laughs> hey. And I was like, get out of here. But when you do, hey, it doesn't sound like Michael Jackson at no, all. No, but you know what I'm saying? When he's screaming, he's grabbing his crotch. Wait, wait. Ooh. Yeah. No, no, I'm not hitting that note. No, no wait, seriously. <laughs> when I do grab my crotch that hard, my voice does change. I, I don't know what's wor- more worrisome, the fact that you, you actually try to grab your own 
package that it, it way. It was a Michael Jackson moment. That's what I say. <laughs> okay. Um, but the thing is, even um, Michael Jackson appeared in '93, but before then, there were some big, big names like New Kids on the Block in '91. Gloria Estefan, 92. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. as epic. Like, yeah, it was, it's like Bruno it, 5. It's, it's, it's Bruno 5 almost. It's, it's the first show that was over the top. Broadway stock. Because, because it was it was losing viewers. Yeah, exactly. Super Bowl. Nobody was watching the Super Bowl. Okay. It's like Michael Jackson made a anyway, point. Anyway, that's what I... Okay, yeah. no, that's fine. Okay, yeah, cause, cause I agree with you. Because Bruno, uh, when Michael Jackson made like... They weren't look. You can't only look at the stage. You have to look everywhere around because anything could happen anywhere. Yeah. And an uh, example, like Lady Gaga did the same thing. Beyonce and uh, Bruno Mars did the same thing. Prince and uh, Paul McCarthy, they did a bit less, but the visual of the, of the thing, like, if they did a concert, you wanted to buy, you wanted to, you wanted to buy their tickets for, for, yeah, for it a was, concert. Yeah, uh, it was, it almost, was like, wow. Yeah, it was almost like a promo for their concerts. Yeah, and, and you're like, like because how can you not go to this concert? Yeah. If you were a Prince or McCarthy fan that moment, you look at it and say, okay, I gotta buy tickets. I gotta buy tickets for a concert. Mm-hmm. They were spectacular for that sense, you know? You know, but maybe, but yeah, but they didn't have that much performance. No, but the, the, the music, the sounding, the light, it's like, it was perfect, you know? Well, Paul McCartney and Prince, they have that stage presence. They can just stand there and literally they have a. They, they have, they, they have they, a catalog. They, they have a, they have yeah. a catalog. Of, but you see, they spend money on the stage to make it. The stage was just as great as yeah, but them. Let's, let, yeah, but let's be honest. Take Prince, put him on a regular stage. Oh, you'll drool. But, like, put him on a regular stage. Obviously, on a big show like this, even if the stage is lackluster, it affects the performance as well. Yes, you can have the one of the best guitarists and musicians of all time on stage. But if the... Because uh, remember, it's a show. At the end of the day, it's the halftime show. Yeah. So you have to... You, they have to, like... Michael Jackson was built for that, right? So he's built for big shows. He always had he always had a, a stage presence. He always had had big big shows, no matter when. Paul McCartney, no matter you go see him in an arena, you go see him in an open field, you go see him, it's always a big show. He always brings it to there. Prince the same thing. So it it it's it's one of those artists that the main part is big on its own. They have charisma. But this, like all the theatrics, obviously you don't have to have uh, puppets and stuff like that going around. But you have to have a big production. It, it's part of the part of the course, I guess. What is your your top three? Uh, mine, uh, mine is uh, my first one was Paul McCartney, um, only because at that time I hadn't seen him live, and to me it was the closest thing to a live performance I'll ever see from Paul McCartney. Yeah. So for me, the fact that he he played two of my favorite songs, he played "Live and Let Die" and uh, "Get Back." Uh, "Live and Let Die" to me is just one of his favorite. One of it's it's a classic. And Agreed. and last year when I went to see him, um, that was the song of the show. Like it, it was the way it was built, the production of that particular song. There's no video. There's nothing that I can say that could put justice to that moment, um, and it's 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 just it's one one of those artists that, um, and if, like when I one of my buddies called me up, hey, I got tickets for Paul McCartney, you want to come? It's not even like, I don't care whatever I had had planned that day, unless I was getting a kid, <laughs> or you know something that was really like you know big. I I would I would I do anything to go see that show, and I ended up going and see him twice in my lifetime. So. 
My second show was uh, like you, it was Prince. Um, he's he's an an icon. Either you like him or not, or there's some albums that weren't at at his best uh, for various reasons. Um, he's an icon. Yeah. And the fact that it was raining as well um, during Purple Rain, it, it was that yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it made me think of. I had a similar experience, and I'm sure that people that were there, it was surreal. Yeah. I had that same experience with the Tea Party here in Montreal when they came for a July 1st. One of my friends, they were playing at uh, uh, the Old Port and uh, they started playing Heaven Coming Down. So they started playing it, but at the chorus, the chorus, Heaven Coming, it started pouring. And at the end of the song, it stopped. Wow. It's a sur- it, wow. It, it was surreal in the fact that we were like, what the hell just happened? Like, was this like planned and stuff like that? No, it was just, it just happened to be like that. And this was a similar experience where it was like purple rain, you know? Yeah. yeah like it just happened to be happening. So I'm sure for people that were there to be in that moment, it's, it, that's where music comes and gets you where you have a moment and it's one of your favorite artists. And, and I'm sure like it, it was good on TV. I can just imagine the people yeah. that were yeah. there with, yeah. the pur- with the purple lights on the, on the, like the rain that, down. that, to me, like Paul McCartney and Prince, I would want that halftime show the last three hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. that that ends up being a good halftime show for me, right? So you want to have more of that. You want to have more. Um, so that's that's two of them. That's my two. My other two are more historical. I've never seen them. They're not on online or anything. Or at least I wasn't able to find them. But there's one because at the beginning it was more marching bands and smaller smaller venues right especially in the 60s and 70s so one of them my third place is kind of two there's one in 673 where uh, andy williams would have done the halftime halftime show and i would have liked to to see that but maybe in today's day and age like how a production would be it it, it would have been nice to to see that and then the other one is the motown one there was a motown one in 82 um with uh with a, it was a up with people which is a performer which they're an educational they teach about different uh about history about music and stuff like that and uh, uh but like imagine having a halftime show with the motown like in today having the motown classics there and yeah. people performing from from motown from old to new see that's where i think the one that you were talking about with mary j blige um I think, I don't know, is that was before the podcast? I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, before the podcast, we were talking about there's a, a, there's there was one where, one halftime show where it was going for dem- different demographics and the artists didn't fit together. But this was a best, that would have, this would be a good if you would have a halftime show where you have the history of Motown in 15 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You show from the beginning yeah. to the end. Yeah. Similar to, um, I don't know if you guys saw the, the, Gra- uh, the Grammys hosted by a few weeks ago. Oh, Jennifer Lopez. No, not Jennifer, Jennifer. Well, yeah, with Jennifer well, Lopez, but but the um, who's the one of the hosts? Um, Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. I don't know why I forgot. Alicia Keys. She had a segment in the middle of the show, and I think it was one of the best segments that the Grammys have had for in a very long time. She started. She started by playing the original, uh, one of the first songs ever recorded on two pianos, and she was. Oh, playing. that's the one she sings all the best songs that she would but, love to but sing. But the theme, but the, yeah, but the theme was, you know, when you're young, you want to imitate your your your, idol. your idols, and then she started playing her songs, and then she's like, you know, at one point, 
you want to create your own. And then she started singing her own. And it's like the history of her own career of how she became. Uh, how she evolved. Right? So it was like a history of music versus like with the history of her career and how people grow to like Motivate, music. Yeah. You can do the same thing, but with Motown, where you have like, hey, this is where Motown started. And then you grow. How it evolved. Obviously, yeah. they've, they've, obviously Motown is so big. They've had so many artists. Obviously, 15 minutes would not do justice. But you can give a good show. Yeah. In 15 well, you minutes. don't sing the entire song. It's like a yes, it's that montage. Yeah, exactly. But I, you, you can make it a good production, and people would be like, "Oh yeah, that's good." And at oh, the, I remember that song. I remember. Well, that. You, but the thing is, you can have that those those fans going, "Oh, I remember when that was released, or when that was recorded, or when that was popular." Well, I heard it the way but I then you can have the new generation that says, "Hey, this sounds pretty good." Yeah. Right. And then they would get in more, a little bit more into yeah, it, right? Yeah. So. Yes, I didn't. It, it's kind of a weird honor. It's it's a weird third place because I didn't actually see them, but it would be nice to see them, in like those actual like seeing front and stage with a production we have today, because obviously there's some some years that it's like yeah the marching band from the Michigan State thing. Okay, <laughs> the beginning, yeah, the beginning, that's that's what it was. Yeah. All they were they were walking up and down the field. I remember seeing one of those, and it's uh, actually. Um, you were right, you know. Um, I agree with you. Um, they actually, it, it is true that apparently in 92, um, they started, the reason why they booked Michael Jackson in 93 is because in 92, Fox actually did counter-programming with In Living Color in the halftime show. And because of that competition, they wanted to bring up bigger and bigger artists. And they started with Michael Jackson. That's why Michael Jackson started that. And after that, it became... A show sure. and then yeah. there's no one really that counter I don't always lie. Yeah, it's true. Once once in 50 years, not and that. it's all taped. You're okay. so lucky. <laughs> You're so lucky. Blackmail. So Steve, <laughs> what 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 are your picks? What okay, so I figured you guys would pick McCartney, so I left them out. Well, I did and I didn't. For sure. My choices are number one, Michael Jackson, because he brought it back to the forefront. I think Dino hit it on the nail with uh, you know the ratings were down. Need to get back in. I like the part where he's just standing there for a minute. It developed this sense of, of urgency and like, what the hell is going on? What are we watching? But you knew you were watching something historical. He brought this back to the spectacle that it needed to be. Um, I thought it was an iconic performance. It may not have reached the heights that it is today with all the technology, but it started. It is, it is the foundation of what it is. So he started, I think if he would have another chance, he would blow everybody out oh, of the water. Of course. Uh, number two, I took U2. I thought it was, um, they did a performance five months after 9-11. And I don't think anybody was in the mood for uh, a halftime show. And they took it and they ran with it and made it an emotional thing. I like the part where they had all the victims of 9-11's names yes. running down yeah. the screen. That's a good one. As they were singing yeah. it. And um, I thought it was just a point of where you had an iconic group who took their songs and it touched you in a whole different way. That's mm -hmm. the power of the song, the power of the band, the power of music. I thought that was just an epitome of that power. Um, number three, Prince. I think watching him shred his guitar, he did a great version of All Along the Watchtower and The Best of Me from the Foo Fighters. I didn't think he could pull that one off, to be honest, but he did with ease. And then, of course, Raining during Purple Rain, I think, only Prince 
can talk to God and say, make it rain during my song, please, and let that happen. You know, I think he's one of the few guys, I think Phil said it too, that exchange, like I can imagine, I can't even imagine what the fans are going through there at that moment. Mm -hmm. That must have been surreal in, 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 in so many ways I can't even begin to understand. I mean, I've seen Prince, but that would have been for me something amazing to see. Um, for honorable mentions, I'll give Lady Gaga kudos. That was a fantastic show. Uh, Paul McCartney, fantastic show. The Stones and Bruce Springsteen show that you don't need a lights and explosions. Mm -hmm. You need a song. If you don't have a song that can capture you, you have nothing. These guys did three, four songs each. Um, I like Springsteen when he just said, put down your chicken fingers and yeah. raise the volume. Yeah. And he played that and he played three or four songs, but the crowd went nuts and he didn't have a light show. It was just him and his band and he brought it. The Stones too. They just there was there was just their tongue, their a logo, yeah, exactly. and that's it. And they sang their songs, and people were jumping up just as much if you had Beyonce or whoever else with five million lights. They did what had to be done with the core of it, which is the bottom line: the show is the show. But if you don't have the, the songs to back it up, there's no show. There has to start a foundation. You need the songs. They have the songs, and they brought it. Simple as that. And those are my choices. Good choice, actually. I, I, um, I, uh, I like the um, the YouTube one. one. The YouTube yeah, one. Was, like, we, we didn't think okay. about that. I, well, like, I, I watched it. It was on the list. I saw it, but I can't. Well, it's because I saw most of you guys were going to pick McCartney. I said, we're all going to just say have the same three. I said, I'll try. And then I started looking in. I said, who else has been on? And I went, oh. And then I, I didn't even, I forgot about it. Yeah, the YouTube. Actually. It's actually Maybe quite... because, because it was, you know, 9-11. I think maybe I didn't want to remember that performance because it was a bad time for everybody. And I went, oh yeah, they did it. And I watched it again this morning. And you know, I was like, okay, I'm I'm removing, I'm putting McCartney on an honorable mention, and I'm putting you two up there. Not to take away anything from McCartney, it was a fantastic. But basically, show. it comes to it comes down to a lot of the favorite shows. Obviously, it's when we were alive, more yeah. or less, right? <laughs> yeah. But it comes down to maybe the last twenty years where the shows have really picked up. Yeah, and, yeah. And and it yeah, shows it up, shows yeah. the production value that goes through it now. It's 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 a thing. Yeah. Before the halftime show was not a thing, and it was like, oh, Gloria Estefan is on or whatever, right? Um, I I thought they were a little bit bigger before as well. I thought that they they had that, um, but I guess not. Um, but Michael Jackson, yeah, I think Michael Jackson too. The fact that it was the one that started, um, the, the 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 actual show itself, like it was. A big jump from the previous years. Well, Michael Jackson is a mega star. That's all thin. Well, and also, they, and you get a math time. It's like people are like what? The thing is, you can you can say anything you want about Michael Jackson in terms of like you know his legal troubles or whatever it is. As an artist and as a performer, um, yeah, well, obviously he was a self-proclaimed king of pop. I think he's the one that gave, no. coined himself that name. No, I'm not sure. No, I'm gonna have to double check that. But I mean, you know what? Uh, I give him that title. He is for for look performing wise. He's one of the best ones. Yeah. I mean, I never he, seen him. He can perform, but he could. He can perform. He can. He can write. He and, co-writes his stuff. He co-produces. He has the biggest selling album in the history of the world with Thriller, yeah. and then you know he backed it up by showing the follow-up Bad, almost kind of matched it. So he's the only guy that kind of says, you know what. I can sell these records, but I can back it up. Even his other albums that didn't do well. Like, I think I did a review on Dangerous, how he said 10 years before, he goes, hip-hop 
and rap and R&B are going to take over the radio waves. And everybody laughed at him. Look at it now. They have taken He saw this 10 years minimum in advance. Mm-hmm. The guy's a genius. The guy, I don't know, maybe he's not the king of pop, but he's the, the clairvoyant of pop. He saw the future. Well, think of this way. If you want to, let's say, forget all the Michael Jackson's albums. Just the Jackson 5s. Yeah. If he sings all yeah. those songs, holy cow. You know, this bring all our childhoods like, oh my God. So it's like, his it, it, uh, library of music is endless. And we also keep, we, we keep forgetting how hard it is to break up from a popular group. Um, you know, you had artists that left. I, you gave a review on David Lee Roth recently. Yeah. Um, it was first album after he broke up from Van Halen, and it was a good album. It was popular, but it, he never got the notoriety of when he was with Van Halen. You associate David Lee Roth with Van Halen, yeah. right? A single solo career is for the ones that like his music. Yeah, we know it, but for the average person, they associate it with Van Halen, yeah. and it's hard to get away from that. Um, Jackson Five were a big machine when they were, you know, up in, in the seventies. Yeah, in the seventies, yeah, cartoons of them. And he he managed. Okay, granted, he took he came out with a few solo albums, and he came out with Thriller, which ended up being really big. Um, but he broke off from that, and it's 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 not something that he managed to make himself a name and become even bigger than what he was before. Yeah. One that comes that I I see that comes kind of close is Lionel Richie. Um, he was in the Commodores, was very popular with the Commodores. You have Sting with the Police. Sting with the Police. Paul McCarthy with the Bob, Beatles. Paul but it's not, but it's not, like, we're naming all those, but it's the exception to the rule. A lot of them that come out from, yeah. and they do other stuff, you never hear from them again. No. Or they, they do other bands or, you yeah. know. Um, or they get popular, but not as popular as when you went in the band. Well, exactly. Like, they may have a pedigree of, like, oh, when you were, like, let's say Slash. Everybody loves him. He's a great guitarist. But... He came out with Velvet Underground, uh, not Velvet Underground, uh, Velvet Revolver. Velvet, yeah. Uh, one album, two albums. Maybe two. Um, and they weren't, like, they were okay, but they weren't super popular. And everybody, if you hear Slash, Guns nobody, uh, everybody, like, Axl Rose wants to be known as the guy that that continued the, the Guns N' Roses. But at the end of the day, the soul of the, of the group was Slash. Yeah. He was a great guitarist, and you associate him with, it's hard to get, past that you know and uh, McKay, um, uh, McCartney um, Michael Jackson he just has that and he, is, he can do any song from the Jackson 5 in the solo career even maybe Jam after that it kind of went off it kind of went all the way he still had some popular hits yeah. he had some top 10 hits but he wasn't as popular I guess yeah, but how long can you keep you know, you know 30 million records yeah. How long can you? I mean, he's still human, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, the way I always look at it is, for Thriller, he was ahead of the time. If you listen to Thriller and stuff like that, the sound, the guitar, like you know, taking uh, a regular pop song and putting, infusing some guitar in it with Van yeah. Halen, like in Beat It and stuff like that, wasn't too much. Wasn't done really much at that time. And then it got picked up in the eighties and stuff like that. Yeah. He released Bad, which was at the times. Um, it was a good album, but it didn't evolve more from Thriller, right? It was like a similar yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a lot of resemblance. And then Jam, Jam came came along, uh, Dangerous, sorry. Yeah. Um, and it sounded similar to the stuff he did in the eighties, so it didn't. It felt like he was falling behind the times. And after that, he never evolved the sound. A lot of his sound is still similar 
similar sounds. He tried to experiment with a lot of, a lot of R&B type of things, but he never really got there. Nobody ever, I don't think his albums really reached any height. Um, uh, as high as even Dangerous. Like they, they didn't I think I'll disagree with you on Dangerous. I think Dangerous, if you go back to it, like I said, he brought in hip-hop and, and R&B, and he said in 10 years, that's going to be the future of radio. And he incorporated, like he did the guitar. Yes. Thriller. He did R&B. Maybe it, at first, it, like when I first heard Dangerous, I thought, I said, he, this guy is totally, he's gone. He's lost his mind. It's over. In time, I've come to realize that this guy is ahead of the curve. And he saw that rap, R&B, hip-hop are going to take over. And he was right, because that's what's on radio now. Yeah. And that album represents that. I think it didn't do as well in the beginning, but I think it's ahead of its time. And I think I think I, I reviewed it on my roundtable. Mm -hmm. I, I I gave it a like it's it deserves another chance. I well, think. it has one of the best songs that I I like from his repertoire. Like he has a lot of hits, but one of a hidden gem is given given, given to me. me. Yeah, with slash. With slash. Yeah, that is a good. Take it out from the Michael Jackson repertoire and listen to for what it is. It's a good rock song. Yeah. With a Michael Jackson voice to a rock song. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you had Slash and you had the guitar of it, but, but the, voice the flow of it, the, yeah, the way, yeah. it's a good rock song. Yeah. So it's, it, and I and I always love that particular song. Other songs have aged more or less well, like Jam. Okay. <laughs> or uh, Living in the Closet or whatever, I think. Keep it's, it. Keep, keep it in the Closet or something like that. Um, it's, it, it's, it hasn't aged too too well but um all that to say he has a he has a stage presence and he can yeah. do just his hits like like a paul mccartney he yeah. or prince he can stand on stage for three hours play a bunch of songs and oh, it yeah. still hits yeah and it's yeah. only the tip of the iceberg of, of, of the because some some a lot of his songs from the 80s from the thriller thriller albums you listen to the songs today. They still sound. They good. sound good. They age very well. Yeah. Thirty odd years later. Uh, I think Quincy Jones, the producer, is, has a lot to do with that. True. I think he really brought a good sound to him. I mean, because now when he left Quincy Jones, he was good, but there was something a little lacking. I think like the I forgot the last album was called. The last. Oh, well, the history there. The no, there was one he did. Um, it was like a double album. That's the greatest hits. But well, it was the greatest hits with five new tracks. So then an album he did, I think, after that, Unbreakable or something. Uh, so maybe yeah. I forgot the name of it. I forgot the name right now. Um, it's a good album. There's some moments, but I think, you know, like you have, like some bands like um, Motley Crue will always sound better when Bob Rock is predominant the boards yeah. with them. Um, M McCartney sounded better with George Martin producing it. Quincy Jones is the second half of Michael Jackson. I think once he left, um, the songs are good, and his his weak songs are still better than some of the people's yeah. best songs. But there was still something a little yeah, missing. Something missing. Like yeah. The last album was still good, but there was you kind of go. It's missing a certain spice. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to look. It was Invincible. Yeah, was the album? But I, I see that Terry, Teddy Riley was a producer yeah he produced his sister I guess maybe that's why he kind of said um, oh, he did stuff for Janet maybe. but I don't see Quincy Jones though yeah he's not on that album that's where I think the no. oh okay that's what you're saying okay okay kind of deep he kind of lost I didn't even know R. Kelly <laughs> was an actual <laughs> a, a, a producer on that album yeah okay <laughs> well I'll talk about being relevant yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right so uh 
that was our top three picks. Uh, let us know if you guys, um, when we when you hear this, if you what your halftime show um, top three top three is, or even your favorite one and why. Um, it'd be cool to, to hear your feedback because I know we're in a bubble here in a room, and uh, <laughs> it's it's our opinion. But it'd be nice to to hear you guys out. Um, all right, so now we will go with our new segment new segment of our recommendations. Uh, recommendations of the week and I will start with the game recommendation because I am the corporate gamer yeah corporate 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 so the so the game that I I've been currently playing uh, been currently playing and streaming on twitch is uh, the witcher 3 wild hunt um, uh, I really the the game is a very long game. It's forever. Uh, it's a first person, uh, first person, third person perspective. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, a story. Um, it's very long. A lot of side missions, but it's very well done, and it still holds up after. It still holds up after uh, four years, five years now, and. Uh, and uh, that would be my recommendation. I'm currently playing it on my Twitch channel. So if you guys want to watch me uh, play it, it's on twitch.tv slash corporategamer9. Um, and that's my recommendation. Uh, Dino, you're the next one on the list. My recommendation is The Punisher on Netflix, season two. Oh, buzz off. Yeah, okay. um, Were you punished? I was punished, yes. Well, I didn't... I'll tell you when I finish the series, tell you if I'm punished or not. Okay. But so far, if you're a, a Punisher fan, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, obviously, there's some graphic f fight scenes that... Actually, there's one I just saw that's in a type of gym type of thing. It gets pretty violent and pretty... It's actually pretty cool, the yeah. the fight scene in there. So, it introduces the, uh, the villain Jigsaw. Uh, it's a nice continuation of the first season, I find, but uh, I haven't seen the entire season yet. So, but it's a good recommendation. I think if you're a Marvel Punisher fan or any of these uh, Daredevil uh, type of series type of thing, you'll enjoy that. Uh... Fun fact: It got canceled. Yes, it did get canceled with Jessica Jones. With Jessica yeah. Jones, but it's and... a rumor they're gonna get picked up by somewhere Hulu. by Hulu. Somebody's picking up Jessica Jones. Yeah, so yeah, the, four the, of them. Okay, the, okay, the, the TV show that you the, heard. The so. Marvel no, series. I'm just kidding. I was joking. Okay. Yes, at a club. A club. Yeah. I don't know. Good luck picking her up. <laughs> Larnac. Yeah. <laughs> Only uh, Luke Cage can do it. Um, that was a violent sex scene in the, in the first season. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bed. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to watch that with my kid. I'm like, I think we're going to pause this one and we're going to something else. Hey, look, Madagascar's on. <laughs> <laughs> what happened that cheap mattress Ikea you see sorry okay. it was missing know those extra screws <laughs> that they always add in it. I knew I forgot something <laughs> Matla Plus Matla Banner <laughs> by the way which are not sponsored <laughs> the podcast um, alright so the Punisher yeah. Yeah, so, Mr. Uh, Johnny I myself for comic books the ones I'm looking up forward to they're coming out these are all mini, more or less all mini series, which I like because it takes curves that you don't see these typical monthly comic books. Three of them are Spider-Man, believe it or not. One is called Spider-Man: City of War. It's basically based on a PlayStation Four. Uh, is this Marvel or DC? Marvel. 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 Yeah, and 
and it's basically about that, that, that thing. So, which I like about it, it will not follow the the routine of a Spider-Man comic book. And then there's the other one, it's Spider. It's called the uh, Symbiote of Spider-Man, which is um, there's a Peter. Uh, but that was yeah, Peter David who did Planet Hulk, and there's a uh, my favorite one of my favorite artists, Greg Land, and it's basically a based that when Spider-Man had the black costume symbiote. And it's a story that kind of goes into the past, but certain times that we missed it. So what happens, it has potential that things could, could appear out of it. You'll create a supervillain or superhero that might come up in, in the present. So you don't know what kind of curve they, they're planning to do with that that will affect Spider-Man of the present day. This is my one I'm looking for big time. It's called Spider-Man Life Story. And it's basically based about... It's on TLC. Just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not no. <laughs> But this uh, Spider-Man life story, the good thing about it is that they take it from Spider-Man example of the, of the, when he came in the 60s. And it's a documentary. No, and they're doing like from the 60s to modern time if he aged like everybody else. How will you be now at oh, whatever age he is? Like what, what happened? He got, did he get married, divorced? He has grandkids. He has this. So this is like, wow. What's the name of it? It's called Spider-Man's Life Story. Okay. Oh, okay. And it's, um, the artist, which I like him, is uh, Begley there. What's his, uh, I pronounce it right? Mark Be Begley, if I remember right. And it was, he was one of the, the Ultimate Spider-Man, which I, I love because the Ultimate Spider-Man, I love about it, is that it was so unpredictable who was a scorpion, who was this, who was that, that I, I enjoy reading it because I never knew what curveball would come out of that. Now, the thing is, I thought these things through well before, but there's one I have to mention. It's from DC, and it's called Freedom Fighters. It's a 12-part it's a series, and it's about an alternative universe where all the heroes are villains. Like like Superman, he... he, he Be like the Zorro? No, no, Superman was found in Germany in World War II. Oh, yeah, How the war that. changed yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, anything can happen. Anybody can get killed. Anybody could pop out. You know, Bruce but, Wayne could be somebody else. Whatever although, this... Although to be to be honest, they kind of have no choice. the The original stories yeah, and the storyline has been done so many times. It's 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 boring. They have no choice but to do an alternative creative thinking. Wow! But the, the, but that's why I like about. <laughs> but, the, but also because they have like uh, his name is Robert Vedetti. Like I liked him when he was doing Green Lantern storylines. Yeah, he he's good. not the okay. He's not Jeff Jones. No, no. Jeff John. He's the one. He's these my creme de la creme. But he was very good. And he did also EXO, which is a, another company comic. But the, the artist, Eddie Barrows. This guy, because him and, and uh, Paul Petier, these are two comic book artists. To me, like, I say like Leonardo da Vinci. They know how to use the, the darkness of shades to make yeah. the character alive. You know, it's like sometimes they say sometimes less is more. And when you see like examples of a creature coming out and it's all black and you see his teeth and there's a bit of shade, you're like, okay, wow, I'm already scared of the, of the art. What the, what's going to come out of that shadow? Cool. This guy is an amazing art. Like he's one of the, my favorite artists and everything. So these two together, and the issue one already came out and I, trust me, I drooled. You know? Really? I, I was looking at this and Pentasco. Which one? Which one is going to make me sweat? They won. It was either that or the penny they got there. But that's... that's <laughs> that was... That's another one. Another one. Once again. Mm. <laughs> sauce next to a comic book, it's a no-no. That's it. But the special free, sauce. But Freedom Force... Uh, free, <laughs> I retract free, that. I Freedom Fire is what I like about it. It's a 12-part series. And you know, when it gets to the 12, there's no crossovers, no nothing. You know, more or less, there's an ending 
so-called good ending to it, and and you, it's unpredictable storylines, mm-hmm. especially with Robert Vendetti in there. So these are the four that I can't wait to buy and start reading like crazy. And they're coming out when? Soon? Well, Freedom Fighters just came out. I have number one. Number two is possibly coming out soon. And the other three Spider-Mans, it's going to be coming soon. Okay. Do they come out at the same time in the U.S. and Canada? More or less. More or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've mean, a couple of days off maybe, but most often it's, it's all It's more or less the same yeah. time. They usually new comics, right? Yeah. yeah. For Marvel, for I'm Canada. looking forward actually to the Symbian Spiders. I was a big fan of Spider-Man with the black outfit. I, I oh, th- yeah. I thought that was an interesting turn for him, for, the, for that character. I really like I thought that was underutilized and... Well, Disco, they, took, they, Disco, they took a chance. They took a chance they with a new chance costume. They just let, because people were saying, oh, it's not the Spider-Man. Co-. You know what? Then have two different kinds of Spider-Man. Co-. One with him with the black outfit and take him on a different path. And it would have been interesting. And I think it was it was starting to get good. And the fans just got too scared. He's not in his blue and red. You know, oh, those what? are those people. Let that, it go, man. Yes. Let it go. For, for, because, you know, it's going to be the same story. But he's a reporter. He's broke. He's rich. And then he's Mary the girls Jane. Love him. All the and, girls you know, love him. Get over it. Like, the yeah, Johnny, the, Johnny loves think? Mary Jane. Oh, yeah. Me too. Oh, my oh, God. She's hot, oh. dude. She's hot, dude. Oh, my God. There'd be special sauce but on the, the problem, comic book. The, the problem is when they made the moon. Yeah, but think of it. There'd be spider web goo everywhere on Mary Jane. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Except when they made Spider-Man, they put Chrissy Dunn on them. Like, that's Mary Jane? Holy cow. What happened Anti-Viagra to Anti-Viagra over there. Yeah, big time. I'm like, no. But don't forget. Okay, the black costume, they took it out. But they, they made more money out of it because they created Venom. Yeah, yeah, I know. But so I they mean, made a fortune was, out of it. Yeah, I know. I like Venom too, but I thought that was an interesting turn. But with this, with that... Greg, could be in, like, that, that they, if they go back to the past, can it change the future of Spider-Man? After no, that? not because future, because this is the, the, the fight scene with um, Mysterio. Oh, yeah. But he never fought Mysterio in those days, right? Yeah. And he goes, oh, there was a fight, but it was never registered. So what happened there that... That later on in the coming series of the Spider-Man series could be influenced by it. Like when all of a sudden things happen with Mysterio and then this they fight, and something happens and it creates civil silver civil door door. Okay, then all of a sudden he appears in the modern time because something happened that time that he was, you know, and this guy could be the biggest superhero supervillain. Mm-hmm. So you don't know where it's going, but the art itself, Greg Lamb. Yeah, oh, Greg oh Lamb, my Greg God, he, he makes. He makes women drool. I drool when he did the the, the Dark Phoenix. Oh, uh, yeah. G- G- yeah. Back to like a Mary Jane lookalike. Yeah. I bought one was a covers. I had to buy two, three bo- covers. Because they got all... Because so. it was Mary Jane. Well, not Mary Jane. What's the name? Uh, Jean uh, Grey. Jean Grey. Thank you. It was a wow. It was like, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's only cartoons. I want to ask Yeah, but man. <laughs> have you seen the... Based on reality. <laughs> have you seen the Spider-Man trailer for the new movie? I seen it and it looks has good potential. Okay, but I'm I'm looking at it and Jake Jake and Hall. I'm, yeah, he's playing Mysterio, but it looks like Mysterio's the good guy. Isn't Mysterio? The no, bad because guy? Mysterio. He's just playing Spider-Man, right? No, Spirit Mysterio always he, he's like a, he's like a the bad um, I call that politicians. No, I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy. No, but he's bad. Okay. So basically, like, uh, Dent and uh, Batman. Harvey Dent, okay. Yeah. So basically, the same thing. Hey, I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy, and then he turns back. Then when he puts a costume, a you don't know, he's a, he's a bad person. Or the Kingpin. Everybody thinks he's a big businessman and everything, but only a few knows he, he's he's a real um, uh, uh, moss bob, you know? Okay. A big business monster. And then anybody who's trying to pull out that information out gets killed. 
Well, thank you, kind sir. That was a good uh, review of what's coming up for comics. Mr. Stivuch. 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 Okay, uh, my selection is... I'm uh, showing you guys, but nobody's going to see this, right? But it's the <laughs> Traces. You can uh, feel the vibe through the podcast. Can I feel the force smacking Steve Perry's ass. Mr. Right Pluto now. likes to buy the CDs. I like to buy the physical every once in a while, especially if it's somebody that um, I, I agree. You know, um, somebody I grew up with. Like, and Steve Perry was one of the biggest voices of my generation. I mean, there was you had Lou Graham, a foreigner. Steve Perry were the biggest guys on radio at that time, right? So um, when Steve Perry comes out with something, I kind of gravitate to it, and I have to get the physical copy. Um, it's been 24 years. He's, he's come out with something new, and I—I I mean, he has two albums besides that, like a Journey reunion album that didn't last long, and one solo album, you know, in 24 years. So I mean, the guy doesn't do much. He left the business. He found somebody to love, and you know, she died and told him to go back. And no pun death. intended, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, he got back, yeah, uh, because his partner died, and she said, you know, you have a gift. You need to come back and, and give it to the world. So he did, and rightfully so. The album is good. Um, the only th issues I think some fans will have is that it's very mid-tempo, ballad-driven. And so people are expecting this journey, catchy, you know, rock-pop songs may be slightly disappointed. They are, like I said, mostly mid-tempo or ballads. But each ballad has its own kind of style and flavor, so each one is different. So it has variety, but it's a slow-paced album. Um, I went to Sunrise Records because you have five bonus tracks on it, and the bonus tracks are pretty decent. So if you do, if you're still one of the dinosaurs like me, and buy the physical copy, find a Sunrise Record. They have an exclusive where they get the five bonus tracks, and it's still cheaper than going to Target. So that's my selection of the month. Cool. Sounds good. So that was the roundup for our recommendations. And I think that's it for the podcast this week. Oh, you call it, we call it quits for this Boo! week? Well, this week, this month. This month, this, this quarter, quarter. This quarter. Year. <laughs> uh, this decade. <laughs> like the comic books, we don't know what the future holds, so we don't know when yeah. the next podcast will be, but uh, hopefully it will be very soon. Then again, I said that in December. Um, so if you guys want to reach out to us, you can email us at allaroundtable.com. Uh, dot, dot you can follow us on Twitter at a round table with two r's a r r o u n d t a b l e and you can follow us on facebook at aroundtable.ca our website is www.aroundtable.ca where this week i personally reviewed uh age nothing ain't nothing but a number uh we don't normally do r&b and rap but uh i decided to change it up a bit so we reviewed that uh steve did a review on the rolling stones um, and also from his record collection, David Lee Roth, Eat em and A Smile. Um, and in terms of games, I reviewed Death Space 2 on the Xbox One. Um, it's a bit of an older game that was released in 2011. Um, and also I released the movie industry versus the gaming industry um, and the overlaps that they have and the pitfalls that both industries can have. And they're pretty similar. Um, so that's what we've released on on aroundtable.ca so that's the podcast for this time and then also uh please uh, visit our aroundtable amazon.ca store the, the the link is right on our website i use it myself it's really good Very so helpful. yeah so you guys go and check it out 
in addition, if you go on roundtable.ca, also please sign up to our newsletter. Uh, it's a bi-weekly newsletter that gets released with uh, pretty much... Bi-monthly. Oh, it's bi-monthly? Bi-monthly. That's just not bi-weekly. That's it. Well, it shows that I'm not the one that does it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's uh, basically uh, our top uh, reviews for, for that particular... Uh, yeah, the what we released uh, within the 10 days, uh, plus the, you have the trailer... And it's been the same podcast on there for the last two months. So we, we will apologize. We will change that for the next one. And I just want to say, I read uh, Philip, your my record collection, The Warmth. Very good, very insightful, and it's an underrated album. I agree. You did a great job. I know. I pat myself on the back. All right, guys, have a good one. Until next time. All right, Ciao. live See the you. dream. <laughs>